You can turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 and 30. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 and 30. We're uh, looking in Ephesians at speaking the truth in love and the, the power and the importance of doing that both uh, within the body of Christ and then as, as we, even just as we interact with, with uh, people around us, that we would speak the truth in love, that we, in a sense, literally it's truthing in love in that sense, that we would just live out the truth in love with one another. Um, and specifically today as we look at Ephesians chapter 4, 29 and 30, uh, that what we communicate communicates that as well. The words, as it says, that come out of our mouths would communicate that. And um, the, the when we talk about this, we're talking about conversations in that sense. Conversations like, what do you really want out of life? And if we're talking to our high school seniors, that's a, con- a, a conversation that happens fairly often right now, right? Like, what do you really want? Let's have a conversation about that. And sometimes it's hard to, to say what we want. A lot of times we're talking, when we talk to one another, we're talking about our expectations out of life. Like, this is what I expected you to do and you didn't do it. Uh, But overall, as we look at this passage, the thing that I want to get across to you is that he's talking about belonging, and I'll show you as we work through the text why he's talking about that, and the the ways that we communicate belonging. Everyone wants to belong to something. Even, even the, the way we're advertised to, right? Like sometimes you think, well, I've got, I've, I, no, I've got Nike on. I'm, I'm cool. I belong to, in a sense, the Nike club. Jeep especially goes after this. Like if you have a Jeep, you're in the club, right? The Jeep club. You're, you're, you have that, that awesome thing about you. Brands, in some, in some senses, are little gods of modern life, each ruling a different need. And if you can fit into their club, then you belong to their club, so to speak, this is something that, that we all experience in various ways. You remember, i got to turn this on. I remember, uh, there he is, Buzz Lightyear, right? Uh, I'm, this is probably for kids that are sitting there. They don't remember this. Maybe, maybe the, the parents have showed in the movie. But Buzz Lightyear, right, in Toy Story. Woody, the cowboy, confronts Buzz Lightyear because Buzz thinks that he's not a toy. He thinks he's the real deal, right? That he is going to infinity and beyond as a toy astronaut. And early in the movie, movie, Woody shouts to him, you're not a space ranger. You're an action figure, a child's plaything, a toy, right? You're a toy. But Buzz wants to belong and he wants to... To, to be what he thought he is. Only after failing to fly does Buzz realize that he is only a toy, that he is not a space ranger. And in dejection and disillusionment, Buzz hangs his head in the movie, declaring, I'm just a stupid, little, insignificant toy, right? And throughout the movie... Woody helps him realize that being a toy is not a bad thing. Toward the end, he tells Buzz, you must not be thinking clearly. Look, over in that house, there's a kid who thinks you're the greatest. And it's not because you're a space ranger, it's because you're his. And Buzz looks at the bottom of his boots where it's written (laughs) that he is, that he's owned, that he belongs. And that changes 
everything. When you know you belong, it changes everything. In fact, it allows you to approach life with purpose and meaning and hope. And one of the struggles we have in our society is that people don't know that they belong. In fact, we had a tragic incident, another school shooting this week, right? And in, in 2002, the, the, they, can, they did a study. Is it, why do these things happen or what, what goes on? And one of the key things they found was that far from being loners, the killers are more likely to be aspiring joiners whose attempts at belonging have failed. Many of the shooters told Secret Service investigators that feelings of alienation or persecution drove them to violence, not feeling like they belonged. And one of the things that we as Christians, and here even in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul is talking about it, we need to communicate that you can belong in Christ. You remember the, the Ephesians, right? They, they, they had something they belonged to. The Ephesians had this identity as a, as a city even. They all worshipped Diana. Diana was the one that brought in the money. Not because of, just because of the, they worshipped her, but because everyone from all over the empire came to this famous temple and worshipped Diana and had to buy silver idols. And so they had a riot when Paul had come into town preaching the gospel, Right? He had, a, he had a, a riot where they were like, great is Diana of the Ephesians, right? Like, we don't want change. We know who we are. And Christ had come in and disrupted that. And Paul here is reminding the Ephesians that what we communicate about how we belong is truly important. And if you will, the big idea this morning is because of the grace we have received, we need to communicate grace to those around us so they experience they belong. Let's look at the text and see how this develops, all right? So I'm going to put it up here on the screen because, uh, I'm back up. These are out of order. There we go. Um, because I just want to help you to see this. Again, we're coming out of Ephesians 4, 17 through 24. And here Paul is saying, we don't live like the rest of the Gentiles live in, in the way they just they live for their desires. They just live uh, according to what they, they feel like doing, what they really want out of life. He's saying, we don't live that way. He says, verse 20, but that is not the way you learn Christ. There's a contrast here. You've learned who Christ is, what he's done for you, the grace that you have received through Christ. Hopefully you've learned that, and that changes the way you live. You don't just live like everyone else lives because of that. And so he puts into three things here the result of learning about Christ. Notice he says, we put off your old self which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, we're renewed in the spirit of our minds and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Now, each one of these are important. But the real key here to understanding a grace-based lifestyle is number two, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Because if you just do one and three, it's like a dieter who's struggling to lose weight. They've added a bunch of ideas about what they should be eating, and they're trying to put off the old ways of doing it, but they've never renewed their minds. 
They never changed their desires. And so all they've done is added a bunch of rules. And that's oftentimes what I think Christians approach Christianity that way. Like, oh, okay, I was supposed to put off lying. I'm supposed to not do these things. And I'm supposed to, you know, love God and love my neighbor. And so they try to add a bunch of things to their life without realizing what they've received in Christ and letting that change them from the inside out. It's the same thing Paul argues in Romans chapter 12, where he says, since you've received the mercies of God, now I beseech you, let it change you from the inside out and live out your lives as spiritual acts of worship to God. And so Paul here has kind of lined this up, and then what he does in the next paragraph, which I have to go back to see, is he breaks it down in various ways. And so we've been looking at each verse along the way here, and just to help you again see it. So again, you see, put off the old man, put on speaking truth. Why? Renew your spirit of your mind about the fact that you're members of one another. And then be angry and don't sin. Realize the, the, the new thing you put on, which is don't sin while you're angry. Don't let the sun go down in your wrath. Why? Because you don't want to give opportunity to the devil. You've got new desires because you're in Christ and you have been received grace. You don't want to let the devil win. You don't want the devil to have opportunity. And here, in these verses, now it says, let no corrupt, corrupting top come out of your mouth. But the, the thing you're putting on is only such as good for building up as fits the occasion. But here what's interesting is there's two motivations, two things that you have to renew your minds about, which tells you that this is both doubly important and equally hard in a sense. It reminds me of James chapter 3, right, where James says, you know, guard your tongue, right? But the tongue is this restless evil. It's, it's, it, no, the, no man can really tame the tongue. And here Paul is laying on double motivation, so to speak, for the communication that you are supposed to have. And he gives two things here. He says that it may give grace to those who hear and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of the redemption. This and here tells you that both are important. Like they're both connected. Otherwise, he would have not added the and because he doesn't add ands other places in, in, in his transitions. And so these two here are connected, but they're, but they're also separate ideas about why we should be, be renewed in the spirit of our minds what we should renew our minds about and with the grace that we have received. So what is he talking about here? And that's why I want, so it's, we're going to walk through what he's talking about and, and we're going to focus in on these two ideas first at the end and then work backwards, okay? So what does it mean to give grace to those who hear? Why is that a, a renewing of the mind aspect? And what does it mean that we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom we were sealed for the day of redemption? What is that a renewal of the mind about? So to do that, let's go to point number one. By grace we belong. By grace we belong. What is, it, what is the Holy Spirit doing here? And he's talking about we want to build up those who hear. Now, just to you know, make it clear, just you know, to 
baseline thing, right? Like once you're a believer, you want to build up those believers around you, right? I mean, that's like you wouldn't have wanted to build up Christians before, right? But now that you're in Christ, now that you've trusted in Christ, now that you realize you're part of this family of God, you want to build up the family of God, don't you? I mean, that's the Holy Spirit is giving you that desire. Now, maybe fledgling desire, you may be like, I don't even know how to build up the family of God. Like, what do you, what do you mean by that? And we'll talk about that in a minute. But we have received grace. We have a new purpose with our mouths. We we want to use our mouths to do building up things, not tearing down things. We also, with our mouths, we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit, as he says here, has sealed us. He's, he's, he said, the, he, as he says in Hebrew, Ephesians chapter 1, all right? He says, In him all, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, right? Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. This is one of the key spiritual blessings you have received in Christ. Is that you, the whole, you've been given the Holy Spirit as a down payment of your eternal inheritance. He's saying, God is saying, you're mine. You belong. <laughs> you're part of this. The Holy Spirit is in you. That's, that's part of this grace that you've received. Earlier or later in Ephesians, he says the same thing. And he connects, again, being built up and the Holy Spirit together again. In Ephesians 2.22, in him, you also, that is the church as a whole, are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So the Spirit is doing this building up work. So to grieve the Holy Spirit would be to then to, to, to not build up with our words, not to give grace to those who hear. It would be to tear down, Right? If the Holy Spirit's motivation is to build up, then we would grieve it if we tear down with our words. It echoes exactly what he says in Romans chapter 8. For we, you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. We have a Father in heaven now, right? The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. He's saying, you belong. You're part of this family. You're adopted into this family. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Why do, why do we need to know that we belong? Because we are going to suffer as Christians in various ways. Because our Savior, Jesus Christ, suffered and we are following his footsteps. So we're going to suffer in various ways. And one of the things that sustains us through suffering, to know you belong, right? To know that you're part of this. That you, This is not just some cosmic accident that's happening to you, but that, that you belong to the family of God and God is working good in the midst of suffering because you belong to him. Now this is a key key point, right? Because we struggle to feel like we belong. Why are there so many ads that talk about trying to belong? You know, belong to our tribe, the Jeep tribe. It's because we don't feel like we belong all the time. We, we doubt that we belong. We, 
we do many things to feel like we belong, and part of the things we do to feel like we belong is we use our communication to manipulate others to feel like we belong. And that's what he's talking about here when he says in Ephesians chapter 4, he says, and it's translated this way in the ESV, let no corrupt communication or corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only as such as is good for building up. Now the word here for corrupting is the word that it's used for rotten fruit most of the time in the Greek. So you could, you could, Put, instead of corrupting talk, you could put rotten talk, bad talk in the sense of rottenness. But, you, but that kind of metaphor for speech, at least in, in most English minds, doesn't work very well. Like, okay, like, how is my speech like a rotten apple? You know? What are you saying? But again, it's a comparison to the building up aspect He's saying the, the speech that you have, it's either building up, it's alive, it's growing, or it's rotten. <laughs> it, it's, it's not connected to the vine. It's not part of this living organism. It's saying it's, it's trying to tear you away from the life that you have received in Christ, the grace that you have received in Christ. And, and we have this communication often that manipulates rather than helps. We all go through this transition. I remember from my parents, they, they, uh, they got, in a sense, slapped with this transition with my brother. You know, we, when, you're, when you're in elementary, you, you want to know you belong by, you, you want to feel special, right? You want to feel unique. You know, you want to feel like, oh, I've got something to, you know, I'm cool, right? But once you make this transition into middle school, you... You no longer want to be unique and special. You want to be part of the crowd, right? You know, like, you just want to fit in. Like, how do I fit in? Right? So my, my parents, when my, uh, I, think, I think it was sixth grade, they decided to celebrate his sixth grade birthday by my dad dressing up in a gorilla costume and showing up to his school at lunchtime to give him balloons and to say, we're proud you're our son, you know. Did that go well? No, it did not. I was sitting in the lunchroom at the time, and I was embarrassed for my brother, right? Because I was only a year older than him, and I was like, this is terrible. You know, I'm glad I'm not him, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, why? Because at some point in our lives, we're like, hey, I don't, I don't want to be unique and special. I just want to fit in. I just want to be part of the group. I just want to belong, right? And if you make me unique and special, then <laughs> I'm dying in embarrassment here, you know? And, and the pro- part of the problem then is what we do is like, I'm just like, I'm telling my kid, my friends, oh, I'm glad I'm not him. You know what I mean? I'm just not glad I'm not him. And the, the thing sometimes is we, we have that same attitude with, with, with fellow believers. Why? Because we're all broken. We all, we all struggle with various things. And then when we see our brokenness, rather than thinking, oh, we all belong, we say to each other, well, I'm glad I'm not that guy, you know? Right? Because... Because we've forgotten what makes us belonging in Christ. We've forgotten that the reason we're in Christ is because we are broken and and we have sin and pride and arrogance that 
that, that causes us to need a Savior. And that Savior came in Jesus Christ, and he rescued us from sin and death. He brought us to himself. And we have forgotten that. And so instead, we often manipulate with our communication. We try to force people to do what's best in our kingdom. Like, you know, you belong in my kingdom if you're this. You know, you belong, we don't say it in my kingdom, we say you're my friend if, or you're, you're part of this group if, you know, and, 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 and it's, it's just sometimes as simple as, well, you make this much money so you belong, or you have this kind of career so you belong, or you have uh, the, these friends so you belong. It, it, there's, we, we send, we don't have to say it out loud, but we send so many unintentional and intentional messages that say, you're only good if, right? It's not, it's, it's permeated through our society overall right? Like teams in high school, right? You have a varsity and a junior varsity. And that can send the unintentional message like, well, you really only belong if you're on varsity, right? You're only really good if you're on varsity. You're not, you're not really a soccer player if you're not on varsity. And, and it sends this unintentional message that this is there. And you got to realize this, he's talking to Jews and Gentiles. The Jews and Gentiles for centuries have been sending the message to each other, right? Like, especially the Jews to the Gentiles. You only belong if you're circumcised, if you keep the law. You only belong if you do what we tell you to do. And they, Paul here is saying we should stop manipulating like that. We shouldn't stop seeking to force one another to our standards, to our expectations, to our kingdoms, if you will. Because that kind of communication is rotten. It tears people away from trusting in Christ and knowing that they belong to Christ and tries to force them to feel like they belong to us and they're with us if they only fit our standards and what we want for them. This is why racism exists, right? Because you only belong if you have a certain shade of skin, You only belong if you fit this profile. And one of the struggles we have in in healing racism is that we send messages even subtly sometimes that say you only belong if. But one of the greatest struggles we have with both racism and in general in the church uh, with this idea of belonging is because we don't have to say you don't belong to someone. They're already saying it to themselves. I was listening to a conversation by Kurt Thompson and, and Pepper Sweeney in a, in a podcast, and they were talking, Pepper Sweeney was talking about the fact that at one point he was just sharing the struggle that he was having. And uh, he, he was sharing this with his friend Kurt, and, and it transitioned from, I'm having this struggle to, I'm not enough. I'm not smart enough to handle this. I'm not capable enough to handle this. I'm not enough. And, and this message of shame that was, he was telling himself and now telling to his friends that I'm not, I'm not good enough to handle this problem. I need, I need, and it's not bad to ask for help, but when you start, in a sense, beating yourself up 
telling yourself you don't belong. You've moved from someone else telling you that to you telling you that. I've got a, I've got a, a driveway, right? And it's slightly curved coming out of my house. Overall, I appreciate the curve because I want my kids to be able to learn to back up in various ways, and the curve definitely helps them to do that. But it is amusing sometimes because they're halfway into the yard before they finally get turned and out the driveway properly, you know. And of course, as a father who cares for his lawn more than his kids, (laughs) I'm sometimes like, what are you doing, you know? But if I'm honest, I would say I have the same problem sometimes. If you look at our driveway, the first foot off of our driveway is now no longer grass. Because it's not just my kids that drive off the driveway, I drive off the driveway, true. And repeatedly over time, when you drive off the driveway, it kills the grass, right? Because it just packs it down hard. And... So this, this spring, I'm like getting dirt and trying to put it in there and, and, I, and maybe plant some grass seed. And I stopped from planting grass seed because I'm like, what's the point, you know? It's just going to get driven on and killed anyway. I need to wait a little bit until there's less cars in the driveway. And I can have more room for myself to maneuver and not get off the driveway. But the message we, we tell ourselves of shame are like that path. Once or twice, no big deal. But when you're daily, like, man, I could, I could have said that better. I could handle this better. I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. And you keep telling yourself that over and over and over again. You know what happens? It doesn't matter how many times God tells you, I love you, you belong. It doesn't matter how many times someone else tells you, I love you, you belong. You don't believe it anymore. And here, Paul is telling the believers, you need to tell others of the grace that they have received. You need to help them realize this grace. You need to pass it on. And so point number three is you have to breathe grace. To do what Paul is saying properly, you have to breathe grace. Now just for a second, let's just all take a deep breath, right? Ready? One, two, three. And let it out, right? Now could you let that breath out if you hadn't taken one in? No. And, and here's the key. You can't, as it says here in Ephesians 4, you can't give grace to those who need it in their time of need, so to speak, if, you're not, if you don't have it yourself. If you don't have grace, and yet someone comes to you and is like, well, I'm messing up, you know. I'm, I'm not sufficient. You're either going to agree with them and be like, yep, you're not. I don't know why I'm your friend. Sorry. You know? Or you're going to be like, well, you just better, you just better, you know, you just better kick it into gear and make something happen and make, make yourself better because you need to be better than you are right now, right? I'm reminded of how when we were uh, 
kind of working through this, uh, even with, with my kids, because uh, initially my tendency was to be like, when my kids were messing up, I'd be like, you know better, you know, <laughs> like, like, you should, I've told you a few times at this point, you know, don't yell at your sister, you know better, you know, and my wife, on the other hand, she, she handled it differently. She would be like, hey, we're part of a family, right? Like, do you, do you, if you're part of a family, do you, do, you, do you yell at your sister? Do you speak mean things to your sister? Or do you, do you act in such a way that we're, we're part of this family together? Like, like, what are we doing here, in a sense? And what she was communicating, even as she's confronting the sin, was she was communicating, you belong here. You're part of this family. And if you're part of this family, then, then you have the opportunity to communicate that. And, and part of the issue in breathing in grace is you have to take time to remember what you've been given. That's why Ephesians 1 through 3 exists. There's no commands in Ephesians 1 through 3. It's all, this is who you are in Christ. This is the spiritual blessing you have in Christ. This is who you are. But if you don't take time to dwell in Ephesians 1 through 3, if you don't think about the fact that you're sealed by the Holy Spirit, that you've been adopted into God's family, then you can't breathe that to anyone else. They come at you and, and, and you're, you're angry and upset and they're angry and upset and you don't breathe grace into the situation, you bring, breathe more anger and upset into the situation. And here Paul is saying we need to put off that rotten communication and we need to put on speaking grace to one another to breathe that grace to one another and it comes as we renew our minds about who we are in Christ. That we belong. You know, you can beat that well-worn path of shame. We do it in society in so many ways. Varsity, junior varsity. Older versus younger. American versus not American. And it leads to disintegration. I don't know who I am anymore. And isolation. I don't want to hang out with other people. I don't want to be part of other people. And we need to get back to who we are in Christ. That we are purchased by God, chosen from the foundation of the world. He chose us as his. We're adopted into God's family, made joint heirs with Christ. This is who we are. We we belong. And therefore, we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit because he's the one who's telling us we belong and we don't want to hinder his message of belonging to someone else, do we? He's trying to say to that brother or sister in Christ, you're part of this. Yeah, you might not believe it right now, but you are. Yeah, you might look at your life and wonder, how is God doing something out of this? But you, he, he is involved. He is doing good out of evil. You have to take the gospel and really believe it, not just in your head, but in your bones. And so this communication that we belong is not just the words that come out of our mouths, but it's also the nonverbal things we do to help people realize they belong. 
You know, it's, it's practical things. Actually, I was reading a study that said, you know, one of the greatest ways that you can feel like you belong is to, is to interact with strangers and look them in the eye, smile at them. They, they did a study of like subway, people going back on the subway between, between uh, work and, and home. And what they found was you actually enjoyed, the, the people that enjoyed their trip are those people who at least had some interaction, not just on their phone all the way to the trip, you know, or, nor just reading the paper. But they, they actually looked people in the eye, perfect strangers, said hi, and, and interacted with them. And as believers, in a sense, we should, we should go beyond that. We should be with people. We should look them in the eye and smile, but we should thank them for being with us. Because God has put them in our lives. God has welcomed them into his life. But to do that, I was, at, I was at a wedding, right, yesterday. Missed a few grad parties, got to a wedding. The, the father of the bride, Maddie's, Maddie's father, uh, it was Maddie Bleeker, got married. Uh, he did a beautiful thing uh, when he got up to speak. He said, I just want to thank all of you for being here because you are the ones who, you guys belong here in a sense because you're the ones who impacted my daughter and son. He just said, very simply, in a sense, we're glad you're here because you belong here. And I can say that till I'm blue in the face. But do you believe it? Do you believe that your failures and sins don't matter because Christ has forgiven them? Like, like when you think, oh, do I belong to this? Am I part of what God is doing in the world? He's, he's, he's rescuing people from every tribe and tongue and nation, making something totally new out of the world. Do I belong to that? And you think your, your brain was going to go to the, all the things you failed at, all the things you've done wrong, all the things that you, that you, that you would say, I don't measure up. I, I, I've actually hurt God's plan in some way. And yet you forget about Christ that Christ died for you and rose again, that he's the one who brought you into this family. You might think to yourself, well, I'm, I'm weak, I'm small, I'm insignificant, just like Buzz Lightyear, right? When he learns he's just a toy. He's not just a toy, he calls himself a small, insignificant toy, right? And your brain can tell you that. He says, well, look, God's doing so many things in the world. There's so many things happening all, all these other places. What's, what's so great about Ames? There's nothing, it's no big deal. And again, you forget that God has a specific plan, that he has involved you in his plan from the foundation of the world, that you are chosen as part of this. You belong. You say, well, I'm insufficient. I'm not enough. I, like, I can't even reach my neighbors for Christ. God has provided a lamb, right? You remember the story? Abraham and Isaac walk, walking up the mountain. And Isaac's like, well, we got the wood, and we got the fire, but where's the lamb? And Abraham says, God has provided a lamb, right? You can look at your life and think, I don't have everything I need, and you forget that you have Christ and you belong because of him. 
You can say, I can't do anything. I'm ineffective at what I'm doing. But you forget that you've been given the Holy Spirit who created the world. And not just the world, but the galaxies. The power of the galaxies resides with you and in you. You belong. And therefore, when you run up against someone who's not breathing grace to you, you can still breathe grace to them because you belong. And it doesn't always mean just being like, remember God loves you, (laughs) although that's not bad. It might be something as simple as saying, well, I'm glad you're here. I'm thankful for what you've done. I'm, I'm thankful for how you've been a part of this. And, and part of the things we, we know as believers, we need this. We know as leaders, we need this. A couple of things that can help with this, just to help you think about this. We've talked about a daily reset before, where you just take time and stop for a minute. And that, that minute or so, or that 10 minutes or so, is not designed to be like, okay, yeah, did I do everything? I, it's mostly the time for you to be like, you know what? I'm going to breathe in grace a little here. <laughs> I'll remember I belong, that God is working in me and in me and 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 he's he's at operating here that it's not all about what i can accomplish it's about what he's done for me maybe you my, my son does this occasionally he sets alarms on his phone and just to remind himself like alarm pops up it's not like you got to go do this it's a reminder like hey remember who you are remember what god's done for you that's why we have core groups why we have community groups why because we all need this reminder that we belong The good movies are always classic movies in the sense that they're touching on something that's really human, right? Toy Story is that kind of movie. Why? Because it's a, it's a whole story about whether you belong or not. And this whole journey back to where, where you belong, that's what we are as Christians. We are on this road of exile back to a place where we belong. And we are on that road not because we have earned it, not because we deserve it, but because Jesus Christ died on a cross for us. He was the Lamb of God that takes away to the sin of the world, and he rose again to give us that grace You belong not because of yourself, not because of what you've done or not done, not because of what you're going to do or not going to do. You belong because of what Christ did for you. And therefore, you can give it away to other people because it's a gift that keeps on giving, it's a grace that's unlimited. And just like Buzz and Woody got back to where they belong eventually, so we one day will get back where we belong eventually. And right now we're just called to remember that we belong and to share that belonging by giving grace to those who need it with our words and with our actions. Will you do that? Will you believe that? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this reminder that even though the Gentiles and Jews were separated, different people, hostility between them, yet you brought them together in Christ. You caused them to belong in him. 
and this reminder that we can communicate that by this renewing of our minds. And Lord, I, I know the primary thing that I need to do is to breathe grace, to breathe it in, to remind myself that it, my, my belonging is not based on my performance or how good I am as a pastor or how much I can accomplish or the things that, that I can do with my kids. My belonging comes from what you have done for me in Christ. Thank you for that grace. Help me to share that grace with others. In your son's name, amen.